0: Forty years ago this fall, our founders came together to make sure that people in our part of North Carolina would never go hungry. Today, that commitment is stronger than ever. Our leaders, our staff, our volunteers, we share the same vision, to help people when they need it and work to ensure that they don't. This is Path to Ending Hunger, the podcast for the Food Bank of Central and Eastern North Carolina. Today... We'll look at how the friends of the Food Bank help us serve nearly 600,000 people in 34 counties.
1: Hello, I'm Amber Rapenta, your host for Path to Ending Hunger, the podcast for the Food Bank of Central and Eastern North Carolina. They do extremely important work here at the Food Bank. We have a lot of important information to get to. Last year, the food bank provided more than 76 million meals and the food bank could not do that without its partner agencies. The food bank combines forces with 900 partner agencies from soup kitchens, food pantries, shelters and programs for children and seniors. And this has to happen all over our area. This is a massive production and undertaking. In addition to our headquarters on Capitol Boulevard here in Raleigh, where we are today taping our podcast, there are distribution facilities in Durham, Greenville, New Bern, Southern Pines, and Wilmington. And I should add that we are doing this in a training kitchen today. So uh, we're right next to, this is a very busy working facility. So the warehouse next to us, if you hear any trucks or any beeping, that's what they're doing is, is working with those 900 partner agencies to move all of the food that these 760,000 people facing hunger every day across uh, Central and Eastern North Carolina needs. So just bear with us if you hear that. But I want to welcome our the two people that we have with us today. They're going to talk about just how important these partnerships are to our clients. Earlene Middleton is here. She is the vice president of partner services for the food bank. This is Earlene's 30th year of working with partner agencies and helping them better serve their communities. So she knows a thing or two about, (laughs) about what she's doing. She also leads our work on hunger relief policy and advocacy as well. Also joining us today is Michael Berger, the board chair at Tri Area Ministries Food Pantry in Wake Forest. So welcome you both. Thank you for being here and for the work that you do to help uh, the thousands of people that are in need of it. So Arlene, I wanna start with you. You've been here for 75% of the food bank's entire existence. That's remarkable. Thank you for, for, for serving so many. I read where you once said, quote, I've seen a lot of different ways of how we look at hunger, talk about hunger, different ways of solving hunger. So what do you mean by, by that? I know you have seen a lot in, in your time here.
2: Yeah, when you say it like that, it means I've been around a long time. <laughs> and I started when I was 10, perhaps.
1: I started when I was 12. It's fine.
2: (laughs) So I think when I started, you know, working at the food bank um, was primarily snacks. Uh, It was just whatever the urgency was, whatever was needed to get food to people, snacks, light things. And then again, then it moved on to canned goods, more canned goods. And then the evolution of uh, ready to, ready or handy types food, um, freezer foods, and that meant that we moved into a different location, our, our former location on Burrow Road, where we had a little bit more freezer or refrigeration. And then we moved into a larger building that had even more refrigeration. We saw what it was like the types of foods that we were serving people at that day until you now moving to this building. So we've seen. The nutrition, uh, we're more concentrated on what the nutrition of the food is we're more concerned now with produce being available for people, even how we talk about hunger. Now we're moving into working with communities more so, not just assuming that we know what they need, but engaging them in the conversation of the types of food and how to distribute foods to the families. Education, um, our Kids Cafe program certainly made the connection to hunger and poverty and education because we started our Kids Cafe program. just. As health is now being um, talked about relationship to hunger with our new community health and engagement. So it's really expanded, um, expanded over the years from the very basic to the more sophisticated. Looking at public policy, looking at policies that affect hunger. Um, can we do things better? Better policy as we think about SNAP or nutrition, um, food and nutrition services. All of those things have now gotten us to the place where we are now that we can continue to build on.
1: Yeah, and you talk about um, the, the growth that you guys have gone through over the years that you've been here, the several decades. This facility that we are sitting in, this is a massive facility. And does that just speak to the need? Of, of what what we 've seen in the outreach as well, the communication has improved over the years, so people are able to channel where they need to go and, and so we have a better understanding of of who's in need and does this reflect that?
2: Yes, it does, and it also reflects how we do it to do, be more efficient on uh, Raleigh. This serves as our headquarters, but Raleigh also serves as a branch to serve the counties that it serves. But how we get food to the branch locations from Greenville to Sand Hills, so even to Durham, this facility is is the, um, the is the key to how we do that. On um, the outreach, we're able to do things so much better. We're able to involve the community in what we do so much better from volunteers to our donors. This building allows us to do that. This is the hub for the
1: region, is, is what you're getting at here, because that's what you hear, those trucks, they're loading up. Tell tell me what they're doing, what I'm hearing.
2: Yeah, I can hear the trucks in the forklift. We have food coming into the food bank from our food donors or from my, any of our, our resources, and the food's also going out. We may have trucks going to Greenville Branch, the Greenville Branch, down to Newburn. We have a branch in New Bern. Southern Pines. We have branches, food trucks going to multiple places. We also have trucks delivering food to some of our partner agencies that may not have the capacity to get here, but we will deliver that food to them, particularly in our most rural communities. Mm-hmm.
1: Those partner agencies are the key, and we want to talk about that when we come back. We're going to talk with Michael Berger about what exactly a partner agency does here to help the Food Bank of Central and Eastern North Carolina do the important work that they do when we come back.
2: Hey there, this is Vivian Howard from the PBS show, A Chef's Life and Somewhere South. Growing up in Deep Run, North Carolina gave me an appreciation for local agriculture and traditional Southern food. But when I returned to Kinston to open a restaurant, It was clear to me many were struggling to find enough to eat on a regular basis, which is why I support the Food Bank of Central and Eastern North Carolina. They're working every day to nourish people and build solutions to end hunger. And they place a priority on distributing healthy and fresh food, including produce from right here in Eastern North Carolina.
0: To find out how you can help, please visit our website, foodbankcenc.org.
1: Welcome back. This is Path to Ending Hunger. I'm your host, Amber Rapinta, and this is the podcast for the Food Bank of Central and Eastern North Carolina. They do so much work for thousands of folks in need across these regions of North Carolina, but they can't do that work without the partner agencies. There are 900 partner agencies with the Food Bank. And joining me now is uh, one of the folks who leads up one of those partner agencies. This is Michael Berger, the board chair at Tri-Area Ministries Food Pantry in Wake Forest. Now, Michael, I know that you're a nonprofit as well, the work that you do. You all are partners, but you also benefit from the work that's being done here to do the work that you do there in Wake Forest. Explain kind of how this whole triangle works.
3: It is uh, complicated to understand, um, but we'll give it a shot. So families in need don't actually come to the food bank, but they come to one of the many partner agencies of which we are one. Uh, So we're up in the north part of Wake County in Wake Forest. Um, We serve about 800 families each month. That's roughly 2,500 people. Um, The average is three people per family. Um, Most of the families that we serve are from within about a 50-mile radius of where we are. So we're getting some people from Franklin and from Johnston and some from Durham, um, and really, all over Wake County. So we're located, of course, in Wake Forest, but not really, um, not really limited to there. Um, we are seeing a pretty dramatic increase in people coming to see us as related to COVID. So as you know, the economic situation continues to not be that great. Uh, we're seeing an awful lot of families coming to see us for the very first time um, right now. We're averaging about a 1,000 families a month since COVID has begun, and it's gradually increasing. Um, About a third of those families are new, had never been to a food pantry, any food pantry, up until now.
1: Do you hear from them when they do come saying, I never thought I would find myself in this position?
3: We hear almost everyone has that to say. Um, Universally, people are grateful that the services are available to them in the community. Um, and, of course, we're not the only food pantry. Uh, we're not the only food bank partner that's in Wake Forest. Um, I think we're probably the biggest, even though um, our whole facility is a whole 2,000 square feet. So in a typical week, um, we move about a ton and a half of food in one end and out the other. So it is crazy hectic, mm-hmm. crazy busy.
1: Do you rely on volunteers to do that work?
3: Yeah, we do. It's, a, it's 100% volunteer, um, so we're a nonprofit uh, no one gets paid, including me. Um, I happen to have the distinction of being the only member of the board that isn't retired. So, so what's your
1: what's your full time job?
3: Uh, in in my day job is I'm a healthcare IT consultant, and I work from home.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say so you can work from home. Yeah, so it gives nice. me
3: the opportunity to do some stuff for the food pantry you know, an hour or two here or there during the day. And then I spend a lot of time on nights and weekends. Uh
1: How does the work that you do with, uh, with Tri-Area Ministry Food Pantry compare to the work you do during the day? I mean, it sounds like it's a calling for you.
3: It really is. Um, I've been involved with the food pantry up in Wake Forest for about five years or so. Um, and you know, I, it's sort of a nondescript building one of those places that you drive past all the time, you never realize what it is, and until so one day I happened to go past when we were open, and there was this line of people, and I said, "What's going on?" And I just felt sort of motivated to participate and to help, and you know one thing leads to another. Um, I joined the board, uh, and you know so now I'm helping in that capacity. We have about probably twenty five consistent regular volunteers. Um, probably 200 occasional volunteers who help when they can. So it's a, it's a sizable, I mean, there's a lot to do. Uh, we're, we're distributing about 75 pounds of food for each of our families that comes through. So they're getting everything from the traditional um, non-perishable stuff like cans um, and cereal and things like that, uh, but also vegetables and meat and fruit and milk and eggs, butter. Um, much of which comes from the food bank.
1: Now, how do you receive that food from the food bank? Do they do you have to come to this facility here in Raleigh to pick up? Do they deliver? Like, we're hearing them moving the food.
3: Um, we're fortunate that we have a vehicle that we can bring and get loaded up. Uh, so we actually come and pick it up. Um, there are a number of agencies. I mean, I don't know what the what the ratio is, but there's quite a few that, that don't have transportation to get here. So in that case, the food bank will deliver. Mm-hmm. But we're... We're blessed to be uh, to have the equipment in place to be able to, to do that on our own.
1: Yeah, and I know that the, all those families, like you said, normally 800 in a month now, up to 1,000 with COVID. Uh, they are very happy and blessed when they come t- to your facility to, to receive the help they need. When we come back, we're gonna talk about how partner agencies have evolved to better serve the community. You're listening to Path to Ending Hunger. Bank of Central and Eastern North Carolina has provided food for our friends and neighbors facing hunger in 34 counties for 40 years. Simply put, the food bank works every day to provide food to people in need while building solutions to end hunger in our communities. Through a network of more than 900 partner agencies, such as soup kitchens, food pantries, and shelters, they nourish families, children, and seniors living with food insecurity. Through education and programs, the food bank empowers communities to overcome hunger, creating an environment where all North Carolinians thrive. Find out how you can help by visiting foodbankcenc.org. That's foodbankcenc.org. Welcome back. I am Amber Rapinta, joined with Erlene Middleton, the Vice President of Partner Services here at the Food Bank of Central and Eastern North Carolina. Also, Mr. Michael Berger, who is the Board Chair at the Tri-Area Ministries Food Pantry in Wake Forest. You are listening to Path to Ending Hunger. We are talking about the organizations and the benefit to these organizations about combining forces, because we talked about some of those numbers earlier. I mean, more than... Um, more than three quarters of a million people uh, that, that, that are going to bed hungry, and you guys are are trying to change that you 're some of the only organizations that want to put yourself out of business, right Some of the only nonprofits that that really want to how we talked about the nine hundred partner agencies. Um, how important are those agencies in in reaching all of those tens of thousands
2: Oh, the partner agencies they 're the lifeline we could not do it without them. And it's about meeting people where they are. Um, sometimes it's somebody who just woke up and said, oh, I had an idea, or I saw somebody who needed food. How do we make it work? Well, we work with them to say, well, is there another agency in your community? Because if so, let's try working with them. And if not, we will work with that group, that organization. that has to be a nonprofit, but help them to build the capacity of being able to provide food. Sometimes people think it's just about passing out the food, but Because there are key things like health and safety involved, we need to make sure that um, food is distributed safely. So there's some um, food safety training that must happen. There's um, some training about how to fill out the forms so that when somebody asks Bob about how many people he serves, he actually is able to tell us because we want to be good stewards of the community's funds. So it's about building that infrastructure of partner agencies. And we've seen them become more sophisticated over the years. Uh, When we went to using computers, the food bank staff did their little thing around, we want you to use a computer. And I had a lady who said, no, I will not do it. And I said, OK. And she was a lovely lady in her 70s, and she was not going to do it. We did a little training, and a few months, a week later, um, she sent me an email. So and since then, she's been emailing me. So you know, we've kind of gone through some evolutions, trying to be efficient, trying to help the agencies to be able to have that infrastructure that they need, so that they can better serve their communities. Yeah, you
1: you all are sort of the guide, the guide here, the the compass. Is that kind of what you're experiencing, Michael?
3: Yeah, we've uh, our food pantry has been around for 30 years, um, and it has evolved in many different directions over time, but with the consistent support of the food bank. So as um, the program here has evolved, we have been able to evolve as well. Um, And so we've gotten support. I mean, the the food has always is a constant, but we've gotten support in the form of equipment um, and supplies that we need to prepare the food for distribution, um, racks and rolling carts and scales and all sorts of things, even refrigerators, um, so that now we can move away from just cans of Chef Boy RD and into, you know, lettuce and tomatoes and fruits and and, and milk and things like that.
1: Yeah. We talked about Chef RD a few minutes ago, that there's nothing wrong with a little Chef Boy R D every now and again, but through the years, um, there has been a definite pendulum swing to more of the wellness and the education about the nutrition services and that, I mean, we're doing this in, in a, in a, in a teaching kitchen here at the food bank. Right. So that yeah. is one of the things you do.
2: Yeah. Um, there's nothing wrong with Chef ID. However, when we get to learn more about nutrition, and we have a whole department called Community Health and Nutrition, because we want to be healthy, we want people to stay around, this teaching kitchen we have eggplant that's donated to us. Many people don't know what to do with an eggplant, you know. So, in this kitchen, we can prepare it, and hopefully, when there's no COVID 19, people can smell the food, smell the aroma, and they will say, Oh, it doesn't smell too bad. Let me try it. So, it's about the education. We have staff that goes out into the communities. Our pantries. Now we try to work with them to become a healthy pantry where they will have healthier foods and do some education again to the individual, the in-person who gets the food. Mm-hmm.
1: But like you were saying, Michael, you, that, that's perishable food that's got to be moved a bit quicker. So there is a learning curve, and you needed the assistance to to have just the infrastructure to move it right and store it.
3: So we uh, we part. So our end of the very same partnership that you mentioned is. Um, we've had uh, one of the folks from the food bank come up and um, hand out some recipes with some samples using the variety of food that we were distributing on that day, um, and so I, I can't remember for the life of me what it was, but it was tasty, I know for <laughs> sure. And all of our clients were like, "Wow, you made this out of that," and so it was it was interesting to them um, and provided more nutritional value than just you know sort of slopping it all together
1: yeah a lot of uh, a partnership together and you couldn't do it without each other so we are going to leave it uh at that because there's so much that you guys do in the community it says it all just by just showing how you work together Earlene middleton thank you for your perspective your insight You're 30 years starting at 10 here uh helping the people of central and eastern north carolina and we'd like to thank michael berger as well of tri-area ministries the work you're doing and not just in wake forest as you said that whole area and thank you you for listening. Next time, we'll look at how building solutions and empowering communities go hand in hand with Ending Hunger. You've been listening to Path to Ending Hunger. I'm Amber Rapenta. Until next time.
0: This has been Path to Ending Hunger, the podcast for the Food Bank of Central and Eastern North Carolina. Thank you for listening and for caring. At the Food Bank, our doors are always open. Perhaps one day, they won't have to be. Until next time. To find out how you can help, please visit our website, foodbankcenc.org.